Welcome to Keep You 100 Radio. I'm your host, Felicity Pointer, type 1 diabetic, certified health coach, personal trainer, and founder of Needles and Spoons Health and Wellness. Inside this podcast, you'll find the real and raw conversations around diabetes management, including the lessons that we don't learn in our endos office, my best tips and trainings, and conversations from the experts that I trust inside the community so that you can create more predictability in your diabetes management and feel empowered while doing so. Let's dive in. Before we dive into this episode, I need to tell you about the newest Skin Grip launch. I don't usually brag about products that much, but when there are genuine companies out there making life with diabetes easier, I really do think that everybody should know about them. Skin Grip just launched their newest Skin Grip Mats collection for the Deathcom G Sits and Freestyle Libre. Not only is this a smaller in size, high performance, and non-frightening option, but let me tell you, it works. I was lucky enough to be able to try them out, and first of all, this thing did not even lift. And the more impressive thing is that I was wearing my Deathcom on my leg at this time. And we all know that that is not always possible. What I really loved about it was that it's really discreet, which I really appreciated. As much as I'm comfortable showing off my diabetes, sometimes I just want my devices to lay low. This new collection is all about Matt's performance, Matt's protection, and Matt's comfort. You can try them out for yourself at skingrip.com using the code LISSIE, L-I-S-S-I-E, to save. Now let's dive into the episode. Welcome to Keep You Hunted Radio. For today's guest, I am going to do a little guess who. Um, if you've listened to the podcast before, then you have actually had this guest. You've heard this guest before. Um, this guest is a registered dietitian. She is a type 1 diabetic herself and has been living with type 1 diabetes for 10 years. Um, we pretty much have the same diagnosis story, pretty much all the synchronicities that you can think about in life. They're pretty much there. Um, And she is a great resource to our community, loves things like pizza and Starbucks and one of those that we are going to talk about today. Um, But if you guessed Amanda Siprich, you are correct. (laughs) Hi, I'm back and I'm super excited to be here. Welcome back. Uh, do you want to take a second to just kind of like introduce yourself, share a little bit more about you? Yeah. So like Lizzie said, I'm Amanda. I'm the registered dietitian behind T1D Nutritionist. Been type 1 for 10 years now. And um, it's been a roller coaster ride nonetheless. Um, but I'm super excited to have the conversation today about one of our beloved foods. <laughs> I feel like anybody who's listening to this podcast that's not type 1, they're going to be like, why... <laughs> like we're gonna talk about pizza today let's let's like talk about that um and anybody who's listening who's not type one they're like why are you having a whole episode on pizza but if you're type one like you know that this whole like this whole food group and just the idea of these different meals can be so nuanced so we dedicated a whole episode for it yes Yes. um pizza is like one of like the most infamous foods i find in like the diabetes community it's like pizza chinese food cereal all of those things they have quite the reputation (laughs) um and i think it deserves a conversation to talk about all of the nuances and why those foods are so challenging yeah so let's kind of like start from the beginning. Like you have a deep history with pizza. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> um, so Lizzie knows this story. But for those of you who don't, um, I was diagnosed 10 years ago when I was 18 and I was in um, the emergency room for literally like 10 hours. No one wanted to feed me because my blood sugar was like 600 reading error error on the glucometer. So um 
I was absolutely starving. And by the time I was finally admitted into uh, a room in the hospital, um, the cafeteria was closed. And all the nurse that she could offer me was like saltine crackers and like peanut butter and jelly packets. And I was like, ma'am, that's not going to cover it. I'm, <laughs> I'm hungry. It. I'm hungry. Um, so she was like, you know, someone from your family can go out and um, get some food. So at like 10 o'clock at night with like my mom, my dad, and my sister – one of the easiest things to get is uh, pizza. <laughs> um, so uh, my sister comes back, gets a pizza, and we're all like sitting on the hospital bed trying to, you know, make the best of like a pretty wild day. And um, I will never, ever forget the look on the nurse's face when she came into the hospital, uh, came into the room because uh, she was coming in to check my vitals once again. And she like stopped in the door and just like looked at me and then looked at the pizza and then looked at me eating the pizza and said, enjoy your last supper because tomorrow you start insulin. Six hours into my diagnosis and I just slowly took the pizza and was like, I'm not hungry anymore. <laughs> what a great start. To what the a great start. Yeah. Um, and I now looking back, um, 10 10 years ago i like wish the conversation obviously went differently mm -hmm. um because you know just not eating pizza doesn't teach you how to eat pizza right. and there's so many different types of pizza mm -hmm. that i'm truly passionate about like showing type ones like how to eat these foods rather than just being like no right don't eat it. it like that's not a reasonable solution here right yeah and it's that whole like last supper mentality that i feel like is so dangerous like yes okay of course in the beginning of your diagnosis before you're on insulin it's important to maintain our blood sugars as much as possible i was pretty much told hey like you can either go to the hospital or and like start insulin tonight or we can get you set up with an endocrinologist tomorrow but keep in mind like eat very low carb tonight and like me being 18, 19 diagnosed, I was like, I don't even know what a carb is. So I'm just not going to eat. Yeah. <laughs> but it's dangerous because then you're right. Like it doesn't teach us how to approach these foods once we're finally ready to mm -hmm. like I'm going to my niece's and nephew's birthday parties. I'm not going to avoid the pizza because that is so much more than just a meal in that setting. It's it's a birthday party. It's a celebration. Mm -hmm. So why are like, why are foods like pizza so different than just the traditional? Like, we're always taught, you know, count your carbs, take your insulin. Why is that not the appropriate approach to things like pizza? Yeah. So, when we are diagnosed, like, we are taught, like, pretty basic information. You're taught the information that's going to be just enough for you to get discharged safely at home. So, um, usually, carbs are the food that impacts blood sugars the most. So that's why there's always that emphasis on counting carbs. Um, but other nutrients like protein and fat also impact blood sugars. And um, in regards to the food like pizza, pizza is high carb and high fat. So when you have that combination, that response on blood sugars is going to look very different than a meal that is just mostly carbs. Um, so uh, typically with a food that's high carb and high fat, it doesn't just impact blood. It will impact blood sugars pretty moderately in the beginning. But then you normally see like insulin resistance, like depending on how much fat, like 
that four hour mark. Um, mm-hmm. I know sometimes when like I've eaten pizza in the past, I'm like, oh my God, I've nailed it. Yep. And then it's like two hours later, I'm like, oh my God, look at me. I ate pizza and I'm still in range. And then like hours four and six hit and I'm just like cruising up a mountain and I'm like, what happened? Where did, Where did this come from? And that's fat. And that's where like you have to um, where you end up like injecting and injecting and injecting and injecting and your blood sugar is just not coming down. And you're Mm -hmm. like, what is going on? I've taken double, triple the amount of insulin that's from your baseline. Mm -hmm. Your blood sugars still aren't coming down. That's fat. Yeah. And um, dosing for it is pretty tricky. (laughs) Yeah. Because there's that whole concept of, okay, we know it's coming, but when? Mm -hmm. It's almost like that like bomb dropping mm-hmm. um and i know like i've had that same experience like even last thanksgiving it wasn't pizza but just a high fat component i'm like all right didn't go to bed had a nice fl- filling day and then all of a sudden i woke up and i'm like at 300 and that's yep. like the common experience which is so unfortunate but when we think about these meals like so i don't know like about you but i've had very different experience with pizza um it just kind of like depends on what i eat like i've gone through the phase where i will only have trader joe's pizza where it's like cauliflower sweet potato crust i have like i guess my question here is like how can we what's different about these different approaches like why cannot all pizza be treated the same yeah so normally when um i asked my care team about dosing for pizza it was just do an extended bolus just split your bolus for two hours and like you'll you'll be good. And like, you know, sometimes that works. Like if you have like a frozen pizza or um, you make like a bagel pizza or like a tortilla pizza at home, like that may work. But if you have deep dish meat lovers pizza, that extended bolus probably isn't going to be enough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so uh, the thing that ends up happening is there's so many different variables that go into pizza and not all pizza is created equal um you have different crust sizes so like if you're eating a tortilla pizza versus like thin crust or Mm -hmm. a thicker crust pizza um the toppings that you have on a pizza um like margarita pizza for example um they use fresh mozzarella so like normally they use that pretty sparingly because it's expensive (laughs) um versus if you get like extra cheese like sausage and pepperoni that's going to increase the amount of fat on your pizza as well and then the potential foods that you're eating alongside the pizza so if you're eating like three slices of pizza with nothing on the side versus two slices in a salad that blood sugar response is going to look very different Mm -hmm. and different isn't bad it's just we need to be aware of these potential variables so we have a strategy moving forward and we're not also shocked by oh my god why is this happening we're anticipating it to happen right which i think is like the just the very complicated part of it because there's so many variables that we're already focusing on already as people living with diabetes so we have already this foundation of life of before diabetes and now we have all these other variables our activity our food our hormones our environment our stress levels, there's just so much to even consider. So when you look at the different variables uh, like that are involved in pizza, I know you just named a few, but what else kind of goes into it that you would consider when you're looking at kind of what's in front of you? Yeah. So uh, when it comes to like dosing for pizza or dosing for any high fat meal, 
um, a lot of times it comes with trial and error because it is really challenging to dose for these foods. So um, when I have like the plate in front of me, the thing I kind of go through like a mental checklist, like, okay, what's the size of the crust? What's the toppings that I have? Am I eating it with any other foods? And of course, there's going to be the other things like, how's my stress level? Did I just exercise? All of, you know, the checklist keeps going and going. But from there, I normally have like a pretty good indication of what my uh, strategy is going to be moving forward. And typically it is like some type of split dose. So I'm on injection. So I would do a split dose. So I would take some insulin up front. The amount that I take up front is again going to depend on those factors. So I may take more up front if it's like a tortilla pizza where I know like there's not much fat. It's mostly carbs Mm -hmm. versus if I was having like deep dish meat lovers pizza. Like that fat is going to probably be more prominent later on where those needs are going to be increased as well. Mm-hmm. Can we dive into that a little bit more? Because uh, even just like in our whole scenarios, I'm on the Omnipod, you're on MDI. So you kind of went into it a little bit right there, but how do those approaches change based on what technology you choose to use? Yeah. So um, something that I've always thought was super interesting is if you even Google like how to dose for pizza, um, everything is about doing an extended bolus. Mm-hmm. And I find that really frustrating um, as someone who chooses to do multiple daily injections mm-hmm. because um, some of us don't have access to that technology oh. and some of us just choose not to use it. And it's really frustrating because yeah. it's like, I can't do an extended bolus on on injections. Like, that's just not, not mm-hmm. how it works. So um, with pumping, you can do an extended bolus. So that's... Um, when your pump will deliver like a portion of insulin up front and then usually a standard of percentage over whatever time frame that you choose. Mm-hmm. Um, while with MDI, we want to try to mimic that. So with that, it could be split dosing. So that's taking that percentage up front and then waiting a specified amount of time and then taking that additional bolus. So you're like staggering your boluses rather than taking it all up mm-hmm. front. Right. So basically just kind of getting ahead of the spike as much as possible Mm -hmm. because there's only so much that we can anticipate. Yeah. And because fat slows down digestion, we also don't want to give a hundred our full bolus up front either. Um, So if you were to dose for a pizza up front, like a hundred percent, you're likely going to go low because that fat is going to slow down that digestion. And again, if there's even more fat, it's likely even more so. So um, usually like starting off, when in doubt, I usually just do 50-50. I don't know Mm -hmm. about you, but like that's usually where I feel comfortable Mm -hmm. when like, like, I don't know. I know I don't need all of it, but I also don't know if I need more or less. So I'm like, I'm going to start in the middle. (laughs) Um, So I would normally give 50% of however much I calculated out needing uh, needing it to be. Um, In addition to that, I normally will increase that bolus about 30%. Mm-hmm. Um, to account for that increase of insulin for that potential insulin resistance from the fat. Right. And 30%, it sounds like a lot, but like in terms of insulin dosing, it ends up being just a couple units. Right, or, pretty moderate. Um, it ends up being a pretty moderate amount. Um, but again, if you don't feel comfortable doing that, like you can always be conservative and then always add more. That's right. usually the approach that I take. Um, and usually the first time, like, 
you may observe some interesting things, but um, what I usually say during pizza is to pretend that it's like a science experiment mm-hmm. and you're testing a hypothesis. So if you test that you've done like 50% upfront, you end up going low, you know that that 50% was too much. So maybe you only need 30% of your full bolus upfront and you need that 70% later on Mm -hmm. or maybe you again i always just think of three slices of deep dish meat lovers pizza because that's like just it's an extreme situation (laughs) but like it's helpful to have that um Mm -hmm. strategy as well um you may need even more insulin over a longer period of time where you may require additional boluses after that six hour mark right um just because of the high level of resistance your body is experiencing That made sense. And I'm really glad that this is a part of the conversation now that we've kind of stepped away from just that typical, okay, carbs and insulin, take it all up front mentality. Because to your point, so for anybody listening, like we live in New Jersey and New Jersey is notoriously known for our pizza. Like there's just no other place, maybe New York that does pizza quite like us. Um, Jordan and I were in Vegas over in in March visiting a friend and she's like, I'm going to order pizza. And Jordan just had that look on his face like, please don't let her order pizza (laughs) because it's just so different. But you know, our pizza is very different. And when I first approached it um, after my diagnosis, I had that experience of taking it all up front, you know, taking my 30, 50 carbs, whatever it was, and then just going low, like within, you know, 40 minutes. And I'm like, what is happening? I just mm-hmm. ate three slices of pizza and I'm going low. And I'm really glad that I didn't let that stop me because to your point, it's trial and error. And the more that we know, the more information that we can use for our next you know, mm-hmm. attempts at this. So let's just say somebody may not have tried pizza yet after their diagnosis, or maybe they were like me for a few years and they're like, I'm just going to wing it and hope for the best. Yep. <laughs> We've all been Everyone's there. been there, done that. <laughs> what would be kind of like your top three best tips for approaching that scenario? Yeah. So um, I'm a uh, big fan of like if it's your first time trying pizza i think it's totally okay to start out with baby steps so um you know instead of going for that three slices of deep dish meat lovers pizza we can start off smaller um so maybe it's making something at home like that tortilla pizza where you have the sauce you can control the amount of cheese you can look on the back of the uh, tortilla container to see how many carbs are in your tortilla um so you have that comfort of being at home versus you go to a pizzeria and like, you know, you have a slice that's like this big versus a slice that's like this big. But, you know, you Google how many carbs are in a slice of pizza and all of them say 30. Mm-hmm. And it's like, OK, <laughs> that's <What> not helpful. <laughs> yeah. um, so sometimes starting at home can be really helpful in getting started. So you can start getting some of that data at the comfort of your own home. Um, Once you start going out into like the real world, like going to a pizzeria or going to a birthday party, there's so much chaos like happening at that moment that it can get really overwhelming and really, really stressful that that's often where we're just like, I'm just not going to do this because it's scary and too much. Mm -hmm. So instead, we want to try to build up that confidence before those situations happen. That way we're like, okay, at home, When I've done this tortilla pizza, this is typically what I need. And then, you know, if you go out to a birthday party, you can kind of compare it to what you've done at the comfort of your own Mm -hmm. home versus just being like, I'm just going to try it. It's almost like setting yourself up for failure in a way because 
you know that pizza is notorious. We know that something wacky is going to happen to our blood sugar. And then when it does, we're just like, well, this is the exact reason why I don't Mm -hmm. eat it. And um, that can just be really discouraging. So um, I find trying it at home can be really helpful. Um, Additionally, trying to eat that pizza with something with fiber can also be really beneficial. Mm -hmm. Um, So... Yes, there's going to be times where, like, you just want to throw down three slices of pizza. <laughs> like, we've all been there. We all oh, want to yeah. do it. Like, sometimes that's just what you need. Friday night. Then. But <laughs> um, but in some cases, um, eat, a lot of people don't get enough fiber. Um, and that's just very well known. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, fiber can be really beneficial for blood sugars. Um so eating uh, fiber, like usually my go-tos with pizza is getting like a house salad or uh, they usually have like garlic broccoli, which is really mm-hmm. good or some type of like side of vegetables. Um, and it's something that I can easily commit to where I kind of take this as an approach of like having my cake and eating it too, right. where it's like I can do something that is like beneficial for my blood sugars and I'm still able to eat that pizza rather than like there were years where like I just ordered a grilled chicken salad while like all of my friends ate pizza. So it's like I can still do something that's like health promoting, mm-hmm. something that will help not only my blood sugars, but my overall health. And I'm still able to eat the pizza. Right. Um, so the reason why this strategy can be helpful is because um, fiber can also be really filling at the same time. So if you're filling up on something like a salad Mm -hmm. or vegetables or whatnot, um, you're likely not going to be eating six slices of pizza because you'll likely feel fuller sooner. Mm -hmm. Um, So because of that, um, the volume of pizza that we're expecting is going to be less. So when you're eating less pizza, it's going to be less of an impact on blood sugar. So it'll be less of that fat rise, less of that resistance over Mm -hmm. that period of time. Um, and again, it's like being able to have your cake and eating it too, which is mm. always nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, because I like to always have like the best of both worlds mm-hmm. and that's something that that strategy can give, uh, for a lot of people. I like that because it's also something that you can, you can kind of take into other areas. So we know that like pizza is not the only high carb, high fat meal. And it's important that I think that you're teaching these strategies because we can take them into other scenarios. Like I've taken what you've taught me about pizza and I've applied it to even going out to sushi. You know, I I think I texted you the other day. I was like, I had edamame before (laughs) having my sushi and my blood sugars are solid. I think it was Mm -hmm. at like 130. And it's just Mm -hmm. so important to have those tools because we might not always be able to control the situation or we might just want to enjoy the environment around us. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Dosing for fat is really tricky, but, you know, just like to what you said, that can be implemented in a number of strategies, whether it's like burgers and fries Mm -hmm. or Chinese food, macaroni and cheese. Like there's so many different scenarios where these same things, these same points can then be applied. Right. Which I think is really interesting (laughs) yeah it's cool and you're doing a really great job i think at teaching the community that so you actually have an entire course or master class on pizza yes um so i have a how to uh master the pizza bolus class um it's 45 minutes of me straight up talking about pizza um (laughs) we haven't had enough here (laughs) yeah if you haven't had enough here you can listen to me talk more about pizza for 45 minutes so please come hungry (laughs) um but with that i'll go over more of the um 
more of the factors that are influencing your bolus. So um, that's like the toppings, the crust, why those things are influencing your blood sugar the way that they do. And then um, I also walk you through three different scenarios of dosing for pizza. So Mm -hmm. like I compare um, a tortilla pizza compared to like two slices of margarita to, of course, the three slices (laughs) of deep dish meat lovers. Which one's your favorite? Because I can already (laughs) tell Um, because, you know, we know not all pizza is created equal. We Mm -hmm. also know that just minimizing it to just do an extended bolus isn't enough. Mm -hmm. Um, so I give strategies for potentially what that blood sugar impact will look like, the reasoning behind it, and then also considerations for, uh, whether you're on MDI or whether you're on, uh, an insulin pump as well. So you kind of have that starting point going in for those three very diverse situations, Mm -hmm. Um, that way you can truly learn how to not just master like a pizza bolus, like the pizza bolus, Mm -hmm. like no matter which scenario you're walking into. Right. I'm so glad that you're doing things like this because again, in a world that, you know, living with diabetes, we're kind of like taught that we don't have many options. And I think things like this are giving us options, not only to apply to pizza, but like we mentioned to those other scenarios as well. So I'm just really excited about this. Uh, You did this uh, masterclass inside of Keep 100. And when I tell you all of the members that texted us after and we're like, we had pizza and it actually went very, very well. So it's definitely much needed. Um, I'm going to put that link in the show notes for everybody so you can find that course. But thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us about all the things pizza. (laughs) Thanks for having me. I'm super excited for you guys to take a listen.